This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Yoga practices encompasses the entire person, mind, body, emotions, and spiritually. Valeria Tellez interviews Jean DeCarlo Wagner, the owner of Yoga Being, Yoga Being Teacher Training School, YACEP, and APD provider. Jean started her yoga journey in her 20s for anxiety. She became a yoga teacher specializing in yoga for cancer patients after her own battle with colorectal cancer in 2003. Since 2005, Jean has taught classes in San Diego and in cancer symposiums all over the United States. Jean is a grassroots cancer activist and has been to the Capitol to advocate for cancer research and early detection over 10 times. She is an invited speaker on wellness. Her specialty is using therapeutic yoga, focusing on breathing and meditative movements. Jean also trains yoga teachers around the globe through her online advanced teacher training called The Art and Science of Teaching Yoga to Cancer Patients and Survivors. Social media support is a main venue for her free work to cancer patients and their families. She posts daily yoga in her public Facebook group called Yoga with Jean. Jean is also a cancer advocate, cancer navigation, cancer lobbyist. Aside from that, she has several recognitions such as MAERYT 500, certified yoga therapist, and owner of Yoga Being. Meet Jean at yogabeing.net. Here is the interview with Jean DeCarlo Wagner. In your own words, who is Jean DeCarlo Wagner? Well, Jean DeCarlo Wagner is a soul having a human experience. When you say soul, is that the same way we understand the spirit or soul and spirit? They are somehow different. For me, it's interchangeable. So I believe it's the same thing. I'm a soul. I'm a spirit. I believe that energy is basically the soul and the spirit, and that is eternal. But the human form is temporary. Do you believe we chose to be here in a human body? I believe it's a gift. We were given a choice to come, to learn, to grow, and then to continue in some other form, in some other way. 
What is to be healthy from your perspective? To be healthy is a, is a state of mind and heart. It's not always a physical piece. We focus much in the West on physical health. But this is not the journey of a human being because something at some time uh, is going to take us to the next evolution mm. or the body Uh, whether it's accident or illness or simply old age, if we're fortunate enough to live into old age. So it cannot be that health is simply a physical state of being. It's when our heart and our mind is healthy and whole. And that, um, to me, is where I focus my work. What would that look like, Jean, to have a healthy heart and mind? Well, because I work with cancer patients and from diagnosis to end of life, and my specialty is end of life, what it looks like to me is when a person is present and making choices for themselves about their what it is they want and up until the end. So that's going to look different for everyone. But in my experience, people that are aware that they're losing their physical health, that the journey of uh, being in a body is coming to an end and are able to be present with that and continue to grow because it can be an exciting and expansive place of growth right until the end. I'm wondering if that state of presence could be translated into inner peace or some form of equanimity. Yes, I'd say that would be, you know, some of the things I'm I'm looking at, you know, how yeah. how much at peace is someone with uh, what is happening because physical comfort as well can be challenging and uh, so yes, looking at Yes, overall peace. That's a good way of putting it. You said, I think on your website, yeah, this is I found there, yoga practices encompasses the entire person, mind, body, emotions, and spirituality, not religiously. So my question is, what is spirituality to you? Well, let's go back to the beginning of yoga. If you go far enough back, it's not a physical practice. Okay, the physical practice that we see in the West is actually less than 200 years old. This is not to say there weren't physical practices done, but they were done with the intention of reaching out spiritually. And in the very beginning of yoga, the, it was a question of who am I? That was the focus of yoga. Who am I? And if we stay with that question and just keep asking ourselves, uh, eventually, you know, who am I? We start out maybe with our roles and our gender and our names and, you know, and then it becomes who am I? If you take that away, then who am I? And you keep going under these layers. And that to me is um, where we start really looking at who we really are comes down to for me in my inquiry is I'm I'm a spirit I'm a soul it is a simple journey and we somehow the ego mind complicates things 
I do think our ego complicates quite a bit. And a lot of that peeling away, you know, yeah. the you come back to what Buddha said, uh, you know, the the journey, the journey, and then um, before the journey, it's uh, drink water, cut wood, mm, something like right. that. And at the end of the journey, yeah. you do all this journey, you drink water and cut wood, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it is, it just becomes simple again. I mean, I think we go through this process and it seems very complicated. We come back and, and the truth is pure and simple. What do you think is the purpose of the human experience as a whole? This to me is also one word, love. The energy of the universe, all creation is the vibration of love. And we have many ways of exploring what love is. And this doesn't mean that you know, we're unconditionally always in this perfect place of being and centered. You know, sometimes we have to give direction and boundaries and love is can be difficult and it's not simple. But to understand love, we're put in many different situations. And if we think what is the loving response you know sometimes you we have one child we want to help her we want to do things uh, sometimes the loving answer is not let's fix this for her because maybe to sustain her and say I know you can do this makes her reach down and to truly love her is to allow that what is freedom to you what is to be free that is from our heart and our mind again, coming back to what is health, what is love, the ability to experience freedom. It's not going to be physical because, you know, sometimes we don't have all the physical ability we want. So the freedom is in the heart we have and in the mind. That is freedom. At this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need? And also, do you have a vision for a new reality? I think we're headed in a new reality. My vision and what I pray and what I focus my meditation on is connectivity. We must begin to see how interconnected from one person in China, the entire world, is learning a lesson of how connected we are. And if we can start there, I think we can move to this next way of, of being. We, we have a lot, we have a long way to go, but we have a direction beginning. I think we are making some movements toward that, right, Jane? I know I'm doing, you know, my personal work, and that's what we can do. We, are, we can do our personal work and... Um, do the community level work and uh, whatever we are able to do beyond that. So each of us giving what we can. But if we make that place within ourselves, I, I think that helps the whole as well. Mm. Do you believe that this is uh, one of the steps toward that vision of unity and connectivity? I do. And I don't think that's been easy, you know, for me, oh, tell me in, in the journey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not easy at all. You know, right. 
I don't know that as long as I have form, that's going to be something I say, gee, I have that down, move on. Um, I'm going to be coming back to that always. But I, I, um, I do know that the kinder I am with all the things that I struggle with, the more movement I'm able to have. So if I have a lot of uh, judgment and constriction, there's less ability for me to be flexible enough to think and move. And so, so yeah, this is an ongoing lesson. Yes. So talk to me about your yoga journey and how you became a yoga teacher and therapist specializing in yoga for cancer patients. The journey began uh, at age 28 for me. I had moved across country. I live in the United States and moved from the East Coast to the West Coast. It was a culture shock. I moved away from all my family, most of my friends, and uh, I experienced a lot of anxiety. So I went to a therapist who had the presence of mind to send me to yoga. What a, mm-hmm. an amazing <laughs> thing to suggest. Mm-hmm. And so I began the practice, and it was a very hard physical practice because I had so much anxiety. I needed to move it out of my body, and I was young, and I could move very quickly. That began my yoga journey. And I tried over two decades different forms of yoga as my body changed and my practice changed and my curiosity in spiritual matters changed. You know, I just did all different kinds of yoga until... In uh, midlife, I was diagnosed with late-stage colon cancer. And at that point, my yoga became meditation, prayer, breathing. The physical practice was gone. And that was very, very difficult. And I had a very much a spiritual journey. I thought, if I'm going to die, this is the last act I have. I want to be present. So my spirit was actually having sort of the Mount Everest of spiritual ex- <laughs> journeys. <laughs> and my yeah. ego was going, I don't want to leave the planet. I've got a lot of things to do. I have a child who's 15. I, you know, so it was a struggle. Not everything was on the same page about what was happening. Right. And when I finished, I retired from a 25-year career of teaching with Um, a prognosis of maybe five years of life. And I really had to uh, stop and make an assessment for myself. What was I going to do with whatever time I had? A year, two years, five years. And um, I went to a therapist who specialized in chronic illness. I thought it would be good to have someone, no matter what happened to me, but who specialized in that particular thing. And she helped me uncover that though I had been teaching the opposite side of that coin, all teachers love to learn. And then it became, what did I want to learn about? And yoga was what I wanted to learn about. Um, Yoga could keep me occupied for this lifetime and as many lifetimes as Mm. into the future I could possibly manifest. I could never know everything. (laughs) So there wasn't going to be an end, and I thought that was good. And and I wanted to have a purpose. I had had 
I don't know that it was a near-death experience, but I certainly had a, a time uh, where I was very, very ill in the middle of treatment, and um, I had at least a deep meditation and a talk with some higher being that said, um, you have a choice to make. You can come and, you know, you can go with this spiritual journey this way, or you could stay. But if you stay, you are going to have a lot of physical problems. You're going to have a lot of uh, obstacles to overcome. And I said, it's okay, as long as you leave me with enough strength to have purpose. And so um, that purpose became helping other cancer patients. I had looked desperately for yoga that was for cancer patients. There was nothing. And I live in a big city in California. And even though that was 2003, um, I couldn't find a yoga practice that would accommodate how physically and uh, emotionally distraught I was. So I wanted to create that sacred space for others, give them a bridge to whatever, whether it was physical wellness, whether it was the journey to the next side. Um, that's what I wanted to create and hold space for. So talk to me for a moment about the classes you offer and the training methods, Jean. Well, after I um, taught for five years, I said, if I'm teaching, you know, if I'm still here and I'm teaching for five years, um, I want to train because there weren't uh, very many trainings. So that that was part of it, too, that I wanted to train others and I wanted to talk about what I had experienced and give a kind of training that would allow teachers to go from diagnosis to to end of life. So the the class that I created, um, based on my experience and the science that was available to me then, because I I'm you know was a teacher, and so I believe in science and research. So I was looking at what what's there, and what was there was that yoga practices were bringing quality of life, better sleep, but the 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 studies also didn't have one type of yoga. They were kind of all over the place. And when you're recovering physically uh, or if you're dying, you don't have a lot of physical energy. Right. Yeah. So the practice is so gentle. It's done uh, on on the back completely. So it can be done in bed, in a recliner, on the floor, um, in a chair. And it's a long pranayama practice of 20 minutes because that is, that is the practice of yoga, is breath, awareness, stamina. This is, if, if we're going to get healthy, it's going to start with our breath. And from there, uh, that manages our nervous system, our digestive system, our mental focus. So, uh, so much right there. And then some range of motion. What is happening in this body that has been traumatized, that has been cut, that has been radiated, that has been poisoned? What's working? How does my hand move? How does my ankle move? And giving people enough slow time to explore. And then our pose is really about moving into this perfect representation of some shape, or are they energetic 
possibilities. So sometimes we have to visualize ourselves in a pose if if it's not accessible to us in a traditional manner. And then a long meditation, 20 minutes of meditation. So that hour goes very, very quickly. But um, that's that's what I teach and that's that's what I train. Do you also incorporate diets? Do you suggest um, the patients to change their diets? Uh, if someone wants to work, you know, has questions, I... I open the class early and try to build community. To me, that's part of healing. We we don't heal in isolation. We're, our nervous systems are wired for other people, which is one of the reasons that uh, this time of isolation has been so difficult because we're regulated with other people, our heartbeats, our, our cellular level, our brains. So starting there and I lost the question mm. uh, and I love <laughs> your you answer <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah we don't heal alone I love that Jean so true the question was about diets if you recommend a change yeah well I will um, head them to science I will head them towards um, there's some really great pamphlets made by Vivere Health V-I-V ER health. This these are based in research. But my belief is that if you practice yoga long enough, you begin to make changes and they're very subtle. You don't even know. But all of a sudden you're not so interested in sugar. You're not very interested in meat. I don't have to say these things to people. I can just, you know, point them in a direction. We know that more fruits and vegetables are helpful. So I just encourage that. Some people have, you know, specific questions. Um, maintaining weight can become a big issue as eating becomes an issue if you're doing chemotherapy or have had surgeries. So I will on a one-to-one and uh, I do private work, but in a group setting, in a group or community where I'm teaching, I don't say it. At, in in the in the class, but I will if somebody has something, you know, if they reach out to me, I will tell them what what works for me. Yes, as a suggestion. and what to explore. What is that about um, cancer that we need to know and understand? Oh, this is uh, <laughs> this is such a huge <laughs> question. Cancer is not one thing. Cancer is a hundred different diseases. Mm. Oh, wow. So we have this idea, you know, we say cancer like one word, one yeah. thing is yeah. is not. Right. Uh, there are environmental factors, emotional factors, uh, genetic factors, and it seems like a perfect storm is to me what creates the environment for cancer to thrive. So making our body, mind, and spirit less hospitable is something we can, you know, make effort. But then again, I don't see dying or end of life as losing a battle or even any kind of loss. It's It can be a natural evolution. And in fact, my belief is 
we leave our body when our soul has expanded to the point that it can no longer fit inside the physical form. So it is not a loss. It's It's a huge evolutionary gain. So would you say that those who have ascended or becoming enlightened or awakened, they don't come back in a human body? You know, I believe there's so much we can't even know the different choices we have. Yeah, that's true. I think we may have, (laughs) you know, we may have, I may have personally figured out Uh one tiny little speck of dust in the whole multiverse. So true. Yeah. Um, So cancer, but cancer can be a teacher uh, just as much as it can be um, anything else that we want to label it. But any kind of crisis is simply a call to attention. Yeah, I love the idea of challenging being able to see the lessons or the insights amongst uh, challenges in difficult times. Yeah, don't you think sometimes when you're going through something, you know, you're you're mentally maybe arguing with it, but your soul is going, this is juicy. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of interesting, but it's, I mean, yeah, it's so true. And sometimes I even feel, oh, I would love to go back to that place of challenge so I can expand even more. So you're also a Reiki practitioner and singer, which is what a beautiful thing. Talk to me about Reiki, Jane. Reiki to me is prayer energy. This is the way I think about it. Rei and Ki, uh, sacred energy is literally what it what the symbols mean. I, I actually just did a little um, talk on this to, to a group, so it's top of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I might not have been able to pull that up for you. But I wanted all the different ways that I might be able to be of use. And I thought, let me explore this. And I went in kind of skeptically. But I thought, why not, you know? Um, and so you study under someone who has studied under someone who has studied under someone very much like yoga, there's a lineage. So I studied under someone who was fourth removed from the founder. So I chose a very connected to me, a very connected, high spiritually trained uh, person to, to learn under. So the practitioner uses symbols to open up energy channels that make the Reiki practitioner just a better conduit. So it's just kind of like shining something and honing something. You know, it's there in each of us, but the teacher maybe has that ability to to shine it in us a little brighter. So I went on to use my newly acquired, you know, Reiki when I first started, just to see what would happen. And I had some amazing things happen. I could not explain, you know, what what happens. Uh, and I, I'll, I'll just tell you one because it was the first one and it was so dramatic. Um, I, I was called to a friend's, um, she was actually in ER, a cancer patient, near end of life, 
lot of tumors just in horrible pain and they had given her everything and she was still in you know irretractable pain and um I said I don't know if it will help but I've just learned Reiki and if you want me to you know and so you know she said yes yes I would love that so I started what I knew and did a half an hour and when I went around her stomach I could feel such heat I mean it was just I mean my hands felt like they were on fire so for me I the sensations I was getting I just felt like wow this she's something you know it's really really burning really aesthetic or something so um I got down to her toes and I held her toes and she said I feel better mm. and I said I I felt a lot of heat uh, around your stomach I said would you be willing to um, like have a smoothie? Mm. Now it was like the middle of the night, but her husband ran out and got her, you know, found a smoothie, came back. She drank the smoothie. She popped up out of bed. She goes, I'm ready to go home. Oh, wow. I was stunned. We were all stunned. I mean, her husband was stunned. The wow. people that we were there, right. my other friends. We, and I, I just, you know, and I went back to my teacher and I said, this is what happened. She goes, yeah. Just keep going in with your skepticism and keep practicing. And so now I just trust that um, there's energy flowing and there's information coming. And yeah, that's that's my experience now with Reiki. Why are so many of us skeptical about energy and the power of especially divine energy, sacred energy? Do you have any idea? I, for me... Here, you know, we were talking about is it that simple yeah. in the yeah, <laughs> part yeah, of our answer, right, right. and I think that was it. I mean, it, it sounded so simple. Yeah. Mm. Um, there, there has been at least one study I know of that um, actually showed that Reiki practitioners, people that experienced Reiki under a practitioner, even though people were shown the hand positions. They weren't, so they were doing exactly the same thing in two different rooms, but the people that were with practitioners were able to say they felt something different. So I think we're, we are now really um, understanding at the quantum physical level that we are, we are little wiggling forms of light and um, we are energy. Mm, yeah. uh, we're we're really affected by by sound, vibration, um, intention. We know this when we turn on music, you know, and change the channels and how music changes us. But I think we're just really beginning. Uh, this is part, I think, of the new world. We're just beginning to understand the power of energy. So we're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Would you like to add anything? I would say that um, I have on soundcloud.com, I hope people will go. Um, that to me is my legacy work. I try to put um, meditations and make things available. I believe that we can offer and put out into the world healing. Yeah. And so, so just to direct people there, if if they can't find me or come to class, they they can find my work. Wonderful. Can you 
tell us the address. Jean, I'll have that on your podcast profile, but please, I would love to hear that too, the the address. Yes, it's on soundcloud.com under yoga being, and that's my business name. It's not yoga doing, but yoga being. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great name. (laughs) Uh, attached to that idea of the soul, right? So two more questions. What is another word for healing? I'm taking that in and bringing it down to my heart level. And my heart says the word is peace. What are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Um, Humor is joy to the soul. Love is the most powerful and most important thing that there is. And if you're fortunate enough to have health, to have a purpose, and to be able to even pray for somebody else could be the purpose. It doesn't have to be um, physical, but it is important for our mind, body, and spirit to have a purpose in this life and to move toward the purpose. Thank you so much for your loving, peaceful presence, your purpose, the work you do, your wisdom. Thank you, Jean. Thank you so much for this opportunity and your your love and your wisdom to, to bring this in this format out into the world. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Jean DiCarlo Wagner and her work, please visit yogabeing.net. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.